how's it going? Hey, Eli, it's doing, it's going pretty good. I, I bet you're wondering why I called you here to start recording on a random Saturday morning, huh? Um, I'm not, but for the sake of a bit, yes, I am. Okay, Ty, well, um, it's, it's August right now, but when mm-hmm. this recording comes through, it's going to be pretty close to your birthday, right? That's, that's accurate. It'll be pretty close to my birthday. Okay, remember that time? when we lived together and I bought you a cookie cake for your birthday, but I said that you couldn't have any unless you went in halfsies. <laughs> yeah. Okay, well, hey, Ty, I got you another birthday present, but you still have to go halfsies on it. Uh, I brought, I've made you a Halloween special episode. Yay! <laughs> but you do have to play it and okay. you do have to edit it. Because you start you start doing sound effects and I don't know how to do those, so <laughs> Okay. That works. Alright, so now Ty, if you look under your desk, you'll find a character sheet. Okay. That that you made. That I made. And you prepared. Okay. Because this because this whole intro is actual bullshit. But uh do you wanna tell us a little bit about the character that you've prepared? Uh quick quick side note, this um not all of it's bullshit. You did indeed buy me a cookie cake uh, back when we were roommates, and uh, I, I did, I did end up putting um, some sort of uh, all seasoning thing on it. Do you remember that? Oh, I do remember. You put the Tony Sasheries on there. The Tony Sasheries. Gotta say, it was not. It was not bad. I remember you saying that. <laughs> yeah, I was like, this is. I, I I was doing it as a goof, but I was like, no, this is actually pretty good like it blended very well with the sugariness anyway you were saying uh yeah um do you want to go ahead and tell us a little bit about the character that you're playing today well i'll be playing uh billy blue tibbs uh he is a human ranger level five uh, per your instructions um he is kind of a uh wannabe wannabe lawman um a what likes to a wannabe lawman like a lawman lawman i thought you said like a wannabe woman and i was like what like (laughs) (laughs) no um he is a wannabe lawman let me just be very very want to be lawman 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 who uh basically likes to um, he has made it his life's goal to uh, to uh, to hunt hunt werewolves. Um, he that is that is what he wants to do with every. That is what that that is what he do. That is what he do. That's what Billy do. That's what Billy do. And do werewolves exist in side character quest? Listen, it's hard to tell. He thinks they do. Billy's a man long on story, short on truth, based on yes. your description. Yes. Gotcha. Um, all right. Well, cool. So I have given you uh, three, three yeah. magical items that you will use, and they will. we will see them as they come up. So for now, sit back, relax, and enjoy my birthday present to you, Ty. Thank you very much. Okay. <clears throat> so this, this is going to be fun. Um, because I get to try a variety of southern accents. <laughs> nice. Alright, so we'll start with this little intro here. <clears throat> a question, do you go by Billy, or does he go by Billy or Blue? It'll go, it'll come up in the show. Okay. 
Billy Blue Tibbs is in the back of a wagon that is part of a supply caravan. It's been about a three days journey, along with riders carrying messages from other towns and merchants and supply drivers bringing their wares to remote customers. Blue has been summoned to the small settlement of Brotherly, a town in the foothills of the Brothers Mountain Range. Despite it being located in these foothills for the purpose of serving as a supply hub for settlements in the mountains themselves, Brotherly has struggled to grow due to some poor luck and even worse rumors. Rumors that Blue is here to investigate. On the drive into town, Blue spent some time listening to fellow travelers, all of whom were worried about their trek to Brotherly. You see, travelers tended to end up dead in Brotherly, especially around a full moon, and due to some harsh traveling weather, Blue just happened to show up at the town gate the morning before a full moon. But rumors don't bother old Blue none, and if there's a monster killing strangers in a town he's visiting, well, Lumen help the monster, because Mr. Tibbs will not. Nice. I like it. So, the wagon that you are riding on comes to a stop, and you hear uh, someone yell, All right, we're here at Brotherly. Everyone out. Oh, all right, then. Uh, I stand up and um, sort of dust off uh, my duster um, and uh, hop down. I've got a, a pack slung over my arm uh, or over my shoulder. Um, I've got a uh, hand crossbow um, just sort of uh, knocked onto a belt loop on my side. Um, and yeah, just just hop down and hop out. Well, uh, thanks, friend. Uh, appreciate the ride. Uh, do I owe you anything else? Nah, uh, Mr. Blue, nah, Mr. Tibbs, you, uh, I mean, you paid for it when you saved our, uh, caravan from those wolves out there. Uh, you just, you just keep yourself safe here in Brotherly. There's some bad rumors around this place. And, um, as you look around, you see that your fellow travelers all are kind of, like, looking around nervously, worried about what their fate may hold in, uh, in this town. Well, uh, calm, calm down there, friends. I see that you're looking a little bit, uh, uneasy. A little bit like a long-tailed cat in a room full of rocking chairs. But don't you worry, uh, your, your friend Tibbs is, is here, and he'll keep things, uh, nice and safe. Thanks, Mr. Tibbs. Uh, do you want to roll me a perception check? Yeah, sure. Um, just so you know, my passive perception is, uh, 11. Okay. So not great. So I'm generally probably going to have to roll. Yeah. Uh, that would be, um, you add wisdom to that? Yes. Uh, okay, that would be, uh, 19. Oh, wow, perfect. Yeah. Okay. So, you have, the wagon has stopped just outside the gate that leads into Brotherly. Uh, to give you an idea, um, think main road in a Wild West town. Okay. The gate is more of a wooden archway on which hangs a sign that says that it looks newly painted and reads, Welcome to Brotherly, Gate to the Brothers. Under that greeting reads, From that which is learned, do we forge that which is known. And because you rolled such a good perception check, you see that that little part from from that which is learned, do we forge that which is known, is painted over a carving that looks much older that reads protected from the dark by lumen's light Hmm. okay you also see uh just to give you an idea brotherly is a town that almost entirely exists on a single intersection on this main road you watch as supply wagons roll towards the general store and the public library situated on the west side of the street and the brotherly inn and saloon across the general store on the east side okay 
Messengers carrying wanted posters from nearby towns begin to head toward the sheriff's office that stands right by the entrance to town, and other messengers go towards the stables to refresh their horses or buy new equipment from the blacksmith and leather workers. More wealthy travelers head towards the tailor or toward the barber surgeon to refresh themselves from traveling, and a couple of drifters head towards the hunting goods store. You were summoned to Brotherly by Sheriff McDaniels to investigate a series of murders that have all occurred on full moons. He told you that he would be in his office from sunup to sundown unless they got to fighting at the saloon. The town seems quiet in the early morning. Uh, where do you go first? Um, so I, I think that the he would probably uh, his, his instinct would be to go to the sheriff's office um, and talk to that uh, that guy since he had told me he would be there. However, um, he also doesn't know exactly how big the saloon is and he wants to the inn and saloon and he probably wants to make sure he's going to have a room tonight. So probably first things first, walk over to the saloon, uh, talk to the, the innkeeper and like set up a. Uh, set up a, a room for himself for tonight. Okay, great. Um, yeah. Uh, so you you walk in, you walk over to the to the inn and saloon. It's actually the largest building mm. in the uh, in this area because it is not only just a saloon, but it's also like a boarding house um, gotcha. as well, where a lot of people. So there is a homestead area where um, most of the town lives and has their homes, but uh, the inn and saloon also serves as a boarding house for, you know, some of the people who prefer to live in town. So there's the little porch, go up the porch. Um, there's some saloon doors. Do you just kind of slowly walk in or do you like kick those some bitches in? I think I, I more, uh, more saunter in, uh, mm -hmm. saunter through those salon doors with, without much of a care. Um, yeah. Okay, cool. So you walk in, and it is really early in the morning. Um, as such, uh, I've decided that your first stop does not count towards your time. Okay. Like we mentioned. Um, so for uh, listeners, this whole investigation will take place within one day. There's going to be a morning block, an afternoon block, and an evening block, and each of mm -hmm. those blocks will allow Ty to investigate two locations before switching to the next time period. So your first stop is a freebie, mostly because I expected your first stop to be the sheriff's office, but it is what it is. <laughs> yeah, here we go. All right, so you walk in, and it is early in the morning, um, so there's not really, there's like one or two people asleep on a table, mm -hmm. you know? from partying the night before, um, so I've gotten up. Yeah. Behind the bar, which is somewhat lower than a normal bar would be, that you would expect, mm -hmm. is the bartender. He's a, a dwarf, long brown hair tied back, a beard sort of in a braid as well, um, and he has clearly just gotten up, and he's kind of cleaning up the bar, getting ready for the, the day ahead. He looks up, and he says in a voice that I came up with last night, but I can't remember. Hey there. Uh, how can I help you, sir? Um, well, so I've, uh, I, as I've been walking over there, walking past the, the tables, I've just grabbed the handles of, of various uh, empty used glasses and have brought them over the table. And a very kind, just sort of set them down on the, uh, the counter so he doesn't have to go collect them later. Oh, howdy, sir. The, the name's Billy Tibbs, but you can call me Blue. On account of my blue skin, 
All my friends call me that. Wait. <laughs> you have blue skin? <laughs> <laughs> Just roll with it. Roll with it, Eli. Right. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Why? I didn't know you had blue skin. I thought you were a human. It's fine. I it's am fine. a human. Uh, well, uh, good to meet you, Mr. Blue. Uh, my name's Melvin Underbreg. You can call me Mel. Uh, how can I help you here? Well, Mel, uh, he, he sort of rests, um, his shoulder, or his, uh, his elbow onto the counter. Well, Mel, um, I think that, uh, I find myself in your town, uh, but I don't find myself in any particular lodgings. I was wondering if I could, uh, reserve a room for tonight and, and possibly for the, uh, foreseeable, uh, days. He, uh, he perks up, and he's like, you, uh... You want to stay here in town on the night of a full moon? Well, yes, sir. I, I, I don't have. I can. Uh, I can assure you, Mister Mel, that anything that comes out under the the light of the moon has more reason to fear me than I have to fear it. You want them werewolf hunters? Sheriff's been calling in lately. Uh, he smiles and sort of perks up and taps a uh, quiver of bolts uh, on his side. Oh, why, yes, sir, I, I believe I am. Well, I gotta say that, Mr. Blue, you're about the only one dumb enough or brave enough to show up. Yep, uh, old Sheriff McDaniels called you in, then you got a room here, but, uh, smart man would be out of here before nightfall. Uh, well, no one's ever called me a smart man, but... They have called me a brave man, so I'm happy to, uh, stick around and help out you kind folks. Appreciate it, then. If you can really, uh, if you can really solve this murder, these murders, solve these crimes, bring visitors back to this town, well, I know I'd owe you a great debt. Here's your key, Mr. Blue. And he hands you a key on sort of like a little wooden peg. He, uh, he tips his head, takes the, the key, uh, and goes and, and settles down in the room, just make sure that it's, uh, it looks good. Um, probably, probably leaves, uh, some of his stuff. Sure. You know, various, his main pack. He, he keeps his, uh, his quiver and his, um, hand crossbow on him. Maybe also a hatchet. But, uh, most of his stuff he leaves up in his room. Gotcha. Okay, cool. Um, so, yeah, uh, that's, the room is a pretty basic standard room. Um, just sort of a bed. There's a desk and a chair there, too. Um, a window that kind of overlooks the main thoroughfare of Brotherly. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's about that's about it. Um, right. Once once he's done with that, he's probably gonna head over to the sheriff. Okay. Cool. So you walk pretty much directly across the street to where the sheriff's office is. It's a smaller building. Um, there are a couple windows. Uh, there's one window with bars over it that you can assume probably leads into the the jail cell that he has there. Mm-hmm. When you walk in, it's you know, a small office. There's like a jail cell that probably holds like one or two people. Kind of get the idea that's probably just there to hold drunks that get in a fight. There's a desk at which sits a gruff half elf whose description I have is Sheriff John McDaniels is a gruff half elf who looks accustomed to sitting at his desk waiting for something to happen. Uh. There's a cork board with different wanted posters and stuff up. There's, like, a, a bench there, but a really pretty sparsely furnished room. The sheriff is kind of leaning back at his desk. Uh, when you walk in, he looks over, and he stands up, and he says, 
Well, you must be blue then. Well, howdy, sir. How did you how did you recognize okay, me? Okay, Ty, do you actually have blue skin? <laughs> I actually do have blue skin. Okay, cool. Well, and and this is not a normal thing. Okay. In side character quest, just so you know. Cool. Uh, well, Mr. Tibbs, uh, I didn't call a whole lot of people in that have blue skin, so. <laughs> well, uh, that's a, that's a fair fair guess. Good good uh deduction there. I hate to judge people off their appearances, but normally when a human walks in with blue skin, there's, there's just, it's just you. <laughs> <laughs> well, that, that's accurate. Well, Mr. Blue, come on in. Uh, would you prefer Mr. Blue, Mr. Tibbs, Billy? Which, which, which would you prefer? Blue's fine. You can call me, uh, call me that if you'd like. Uh, Mr. Tibbs, uh, if you, if you prefer, but... I'd like to think that we uh, can move past the formal stages of this relationship pretty fast. I appreciate that, Blue. Well, you can call me John. Go ahead and take a seat here on this bench, and uh, we can get right down to putting these troubles behind us. Uh, he sits down. So, uh, what what can you tell me, John, about uh, about what's been happening around here? Well, Mr. Blue, for the past eight months or so, someone's gone missing. And uh, the only thing that we've been able to find of them is an arm or a leg. Sometimes, you know, a foot. But rumor is that these murders were committed by a werewolf on accounts of them happening every month on the full moon. But also, because one citizen, little chatty Kathy, Miss Delilah Dalmere, Claimed to seen a wolf-like creature sort of around town a few months before these murders began. Now, I'm a man of science. I don't believe in curses and werewolves, so I don't think they're connected. But I figure I call in a werewolf specialist, and maybe you can put an end to these rumors. Well, I, I, I've got to say, Mr. John, uh, if if there is a werewolf here, I will find it. And if I don't find this werewolf, then... I'd say that your science has won out in at least this occasion. Now, Mr. Mr. Blue, for my money, like I said, I don't really put no stock in the whole werewolf rumor, but for my money, I think it's Tomlin LaCroix. He's this drifter who was first seen around here around the same time, the same time as the first murder, and he ain't left since. Now, I would just go up and arrest the man myself, but he's a sneaky little fella. Can't really catch him. He's out in the, uh out in the woods, out near the homesteads. Really spooks all the, uh, the fine citizens of this town. What, uh, what can you tell me about Mr. T uh, Mr. McCroy's appearance? Uh, so I might spot him. Well, Mr. LaCroix, he's a, he's a halfling, so he's, he's oh, pretty short. LaCroix, sorry about that. Yeah, LaCroix, I mean, McCroy, whatever, he's, whatever he is, he's a scumbag out here mooching off the fine taxpayers, living in the woods, being, being shady. Uh, mm. it's hard to catch him. He's sneaky, like I said. I mean, he's tiny. He's hard to find. He can hide behind a bush. <laughs> I, I found that um, halflings, even when they they make the worst possible mistakes, sometimes they are able to almost re-roll said <laughs> mistakes. Uh, almost as if the the dice of fate have have been uh, changed in their favor. Um. Now, you said he's off in the, the, the homestead. Uh, I'd also like to talk to Mrs. Delilah Demir, uh, who you say saw, originally saw this creature. 
Um, where might I find her? Well, Mr. Lila works, uh, works for Mr. Plinkstone, um, over at the, uh, the general store. She's normally running the counter from sunup to sundown, uh, and believe me, you go over here, there, she, she'll give you an earful or two, or maybe four, uh, I, I wouldn't put much stock in what she says. She's willing to tell about anything that'll get people talking to her. Mm. But, uh, yeah, she's right next door at the general store. All right there, sir. Uh, I, I think I might as well give it a shot because, you know, that's the, the lead I've got. Well, um, I, at that, at that, uh, Blue stands up and, um, sort of grabs the, the bars, the iron bars of the jail cell, just sort of shakes them a little bit just in a, a sort of uh, superficial, like, check that they're sturdy. Well, as, as long as this, uh, this here cage is uh, nice and strong, I think we'll be prepared for no matter what kind of culprit ends up being responsible for this. So, um, I sort of tip my head again to, to John. So, uh, I think I'm gonna be on my way, um, unless you have anything else you'd like to add. No, sir, Mr. Blue, just, uh, you got any questions, you need to find anyone, you come and talk to me, I know basically where everyone is, and sort of their goings and comings, uh, good luck out there, and, uh, I'm sure that cage is plenty strong enough for a little halfling like Mr. LaCroix, so, I'll be seeing you. Oh, actually, there's one thing I would like to ask you, um, the, the people that have been, been murdered, have they been local folk have they been uh people with families around here anybody i can i can talk to or any sort of connection that you're aware of no sir that's the thing they're all travelers mm. they all come in about a couple days before they're all seen the day of the full moon and then their arm or leg or pinky finger gets shown shown up the next day mm. not a, not a trace of anything else just all right and Oh, oh, those parts. Yeah? Here's another thing. Those parts often f find themselves around the homestead, so... Telling you, you might want to check out Mr. LaCroix. Has there been any any particular pattern to those parts? Uh, any repeat pieces? I mean, there's been a left leg, right leg. We found a torso once. That one was hard to identify, actually. Uh, it, they all got crazy bite marks on them. Okay. It, honestly, I don't know what Mr. Tomlin's doing. I think he's he's just taking advantage of the hysteria of uh, local folks mm. and uh, maybe tearing them up, feeding them to dogs or something, whatever sick things that man does. Well, I, I know a, a thing or two about mass panics, about mass hysterias and that sort of thing, so uh, don't you worry. I'll take a, a final look at all of this. Um, and with that, uh, he turns um, and starts heading heading out across the street to the general store. Alright, on your way out, um, he kind of tips his hat and says, good luck, Mr. Blue. Thank you, sir. Alright, so the general store is actually right next door to the sheriff's office. It is a very large building, um, but when you walk in, uh, the actual general store portion is, portion is smaller than you would expect from the exterior. Um, when you walk in, a little bell jingles. Diddling. Do I see why uh, it's it's uh, smaller on the inside? Yeah, there's a wall that cuts in half. So the general store is known as the general store and public library. Ah, okay. There is a door on this wall that says, 
public library, and then under it, knock first. When you walk in, so you walk in, little bell jingles. Mm-hmm. Um, there are a couple of people in uh, just kind of shopping. Um, they're all kind of looking mm-hmm. in a rush. Some people are like, just run in, grab something, go to the counter where there's a, uh, a nice young woman ringing up people, taking money, selling goods. Uh, she looks up and she says, hi there, good morning. Welcome to the, uh, welcome to the Brotherly General Store and Public Library. Let me know if you need any help. Well, I, I, uh, I, you know, sort of survey the, the area to uh, see if anybody looks um, shifty, but assuming that nobody does, I'm going to just sort of walk over to the counter, rest my elbow on that counter, and say, well, howdy there, uh, Miss Delilah. Sheriff John, let me know that you might be a person that I should talk to. Oh, you must be blue. I have heard that you are coming to help us. Oh my gosh. Let me tell you something, you have the most interesting complexion of any human I've ever seen. It is a delight to meet you. And she kind of puts out her hand. Uh, he he shakes her hand. And a true gentleman, too. Uh, well, how can, how can I help you? Uh, you know, I'm just, I'm just Delilah Dahlmere, just running the general store. You know, not like I know a whole lot or anything. Um, when she says that, there's a guy in the back who just goes, ha! <laughs> okay. Um... Well, Delilah, uh, Sheriff John let me know, uh, as you're probably keenly aware, there's a lot of rumors going about this way and that about, uh, werewolves in the area. And Sheriff John let me know that you supposedly saw a wolf-like creature, um, out and about a few, uh, few months ago. I was wondering if you could tell me a little bit more about that. Maybe the time and place, that sort of thing. Sure. Well, don't tell anyone I told you this. Because, you know, I don't like to go spreading spreading tales out of school. But about nine or ten months ago, I was out walking out, you know, just enjoying the full moon. Probably the last time I'll ever enjoy a full moon walk like that again. Was walking out toward the old temple, you know, uh, where those two brothers kind of uh, still still worship that old god Lumen, you know. uh, And I was just out walking there, and I heard a loud howling. And I looked over, and there's this vicious-looking half-wolf, half-man monster just skulking around. And I said, oh no, this is not how Delilah goes out. Not today. And I turned around, and I ran back home, and I I, I don't think that thing chased me, but, you know, I've, uh, oh, I've been ever so worried that, you know, maybe it got my scent. Maybe it's been hunting me. Maybe all these deaths are just because it got the scent of old Delilah Dalmere and can't leave until it gets a bite out of me. Mm. Oh, Oh, Mr. Blue, I've been so scared. Well, don't you don't you worry there, Mr. Lila. I'm definitely going to be able to take care of this. And you mentioned a couple of brothers uh, at the temple. These yeah. these new folks, new folks in town. No, no, no. These are the these uh. are the old priest of Lumen, uh, Zechariah and Zebediah. <laughs> they're they're good meaning, but uh, you know they they've been around since about since the town was founded. It feels like. Uh, not, not very many people go out there now that we got the public library and have been turning our, turning our minds towards, uh, science and knowledge to get us through these troubling times. Mm. You know, this, this town, we used to be a, a, a Lumen worshiping town, but, um, Lumen never did nothing for us out here. Uh, people out here starving, waiting for more visitors to come, getting, going poor, getting homeless, so we decide no. We're going to learn more about the outside world. 
Mr. Jeremiah back there, he started up the public library, got us all interested in educating ourselves. And now, we don't have as much need for them preachy types, you know? Hmm. I understand where you're coming from there, there, ma'am. Um, well, I, I think that I, I think that, uh, I should probably get, uh, get a going. Uh, he grabs, uh, I don't know, like a piece of jerky and, uh, tosses her a coin. Oh, th thank you kindly, sir. Oh, sir, if you want, you can always talk to Mr. Jeremiah back there. He's in the public library right now. He's, he knows all sorts, he's probably the smartest man here knows all sorts of stuff if it's a werewolf he probably knows how to get him uh if it's not a werewolf he probably knows who it who it is but uh for my money it's that werewolf i told you he was out there well it doesn't it doesn't matter quite as much what you know but what you do with it so uh if he's if he has the knowledge and i have the the doing then i think we'll make a good team uh and with that he tips his hat and uh walks over to the the public library knocks on the door Okay, uh, roll me a perception check. Huh, uh, six. Six, okay, cool. Yep, you walk up to the door. Uh, you can almost hear someone whispering in there. Okay. But, uh, when you knock on the door, the whispering stops, and you hear someone walk over and open the door. And, um, the door opens to a very tall, thin man. Um, he's got reading spectacles on. His hair is kind of, um... Okay, I have him based off a very specific character, and I don't know how to describe his hair. Um, <laughs> uh, he's got sort of angular cheekbones. Um, he's wearing a very nice, like, vest. Mm -hmm. And he, uh, he looks at you and says, Ah, oh, yes, hello. Welcome to the uh, Brotherly Public Library. I must say, sir, I hope you do not take offense, but that is an interesting shade of blue. Would you mind telling me... Was your mother an elemental? Or your father like a demon or something? I just... I'm an, a man who knows a lot of things, and I don't know about... <laughs> and he kind of, like, waves his hair. His his hair. His hand. <laughs> this. Well, well there, sir, I do not kindly... I do not take offense to this, your uh, inquiry at all. Uh, it was a, it's a logical guess for you to uh, think maybe an elemental, or maybe... Um, some sort of demon folk, although uh, I personally have met neither. Um, he sort of steps into the uh, the library with him, if, if you're going to allow. When you do that, he says, oh, yeah, yes, 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 come, please, come in, come in, come in, close the door behind you, we don't want to let no Nostradamus out. Oh, cute. And uh, he points over on his desk, there's a gray toad just sitting there. Oh, I was picturing a kitty, uh, but a toad, okay. Um, I, I sit down, I assume there's a chair somewhere. I sort of sit down and yeah. uh, get a very relaxed posture. So inside the public library, um, it's just walls covered in bookshelves. As far as you can tell, there's no real organization to it. But there are like <laughs> piles of books on the floor and each pile has like a name card on it. Like you see one name card that just says John McDaniels. One name card that says uh, Melvin Underbreg and other names of, like, people that you can assume might be, um, mm. uh, citizens, but, uh, have come in and grabbed some books that they're interested in reading and put them in their own separate stack. Gotcha. There is a large reading desk in the middle of the room. Mm. Uh, there's no one, there's, there's no one there. It's still kind of early in the morning. Uh, Jeremiah Plinkston has a, um, personal, his personal desk in the back where there are 
large books and notebooks, and there's like the the big gray toad um, sitting on the desk. Um, and he, yeah, he motions for to one of the chairs um, at the reading desk and uh, says, uh, "Sir, I am so sorry. Uh, I have not asked your name or giving you mine. I'm Jeremiah Plinkston, the librarian here." I was just about to make a cup of tea. Would you would you care for some? Well, thank you, sir. I'd, I'd happily take a cup. Uh, do you pass me? Some? Yeah, yeah. He goes behind his desk and um, fixes some tea uh, and hands you some. Well, thank you, sir. Uh, and he he reaches into I reach into my uh, pocket and pull out a small flask. I unscrew the top and uh, uh, pour some of the stuff into the the tea. Well, uh, sir, uh, to answer your question... He, he, he stares at you, he stares at you, his face is, like, frozen in, like, politeness, and he stares at you doing that, and it's just, like, you know when you're around very polite people and you do something unpolite, and they, they uh-huh. know, but they don't stop smiling politely? <laughs> <laughs> That's the look that you yeah. get from him. And then he looks back up, he, now, how may I help you? Um, well, uh, sorry. Um, to answer your question from, from earlier regarding my... Uh, unusual complexion. Ah, yes, yes, yes. I, uh, as you may have heard, it seems like my reputation precedes me to some extent in this this here town. I'm, I fancy myself a bit of a werewolf uh, pursuer. Um, and as part of that, uh, you know, you have to take certain precautions. Uh, this here, I shake my flask, is a special tincture of my own making. Uh, which invokes uh, various um, deterrents uh, for the werewolves. Uh, basically, it's a, a nice concoction of uh, silver and liquor. <laughs> Took me a while to realize. <laughs> I thought that you were going to have like, some sort of like stewed wolfsbane or something. But nope, just silver and bourbon. Kentucky barrel bourbon. And um, it took me a while to, uh, to put two and two together, but the more uh, silver that one takes into the body, the bluer their skin gets. It's a weird condition, but it is factually accurate. Huh. Uh, and as you can see, I've been doing this for quite some time, so I like to think that if a werewolf ever managed to get a bite on me, they would spit me right out. Um, alright, so roll me... I'm not expecting any, like, any actual, any actual, like, game mechanic benefit from this. Gotcha. Just so you know. Oh, I see what happened. Okay, sorry. I have my like stats of. Oh, oh there we go. Okay, um, roll me a um insight check real quick, and I'm gonna roll something as well. Okay. Not saying that anything suspicious. Okay. Yeah, uh, suspicious is happening, but. Uh, eighteen. Um, when you say that you're drinking silver, he visibly flinches. Okay. He also kind of looks at your um arrows and or your bolts and your spurs Mm -hmm. um and like seems like his sort of polite demeanor kind of uh cracks a little bit um and he says well um mr mr tibbs i'm assuming that's who you are uh i don't believe you gave me your name yet which is not super polite but it's fine it's fine i've heard from my my apologies sir uh the name's billy tibbs 
All right, well, uh, I, I must say, I'm fairly certain that drinking silver is highly poisonous. But uh, if your only side effect has been your interesting um, condition, then uh, I guess carry, carry on. So you say that drinking silver is a cure for being a werewolf or like uh, just a... Just a haha, got gotcha werewolf in case you get bit. Well, I, I personally don't know whether it is a cure or a I don't know how exactly it would affect being a werewolf, because you know, uh never really let one live in the past. Huh. So it's it's hard to tell. Okay, alright, interesting. Well, um how 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 can I help you? Well, uh, Mrs. Delilah out front told me that you were the sort of folk that, that knows a lot about this, uh, this town, the goings-on, and, and what sort of, uh, well, specifically, um, she suggested you might have some opinions about what might have been, uh, killing folks around here. Oh, yes, well, no offense to you and your occupation, sir, but, um... Yes, sir? Obviously it's not a werewolf. Because werewolves don't exist, and it's just as simple as that. Um, I believe that it's that ne'er-do-well, uh, Mr. Tomlin LaCroix, uh, which if you talk to the sheriff, he will probably mm. say t tell you the same thing, because that's what he told me. Um, and it's just as simple as right. that. Look, I have a whole thesis disproving werewolves. If you would like to read it uh, over here on my desk, um, uh, just giving you the scientific information and... Proofs that all rumors of werewolves have just been generally a dog attack. Dogs attack people, mm. and people don't like to think that their pet dogs bite people, but they do sometimes. And uh, there, I have plenty of books on the subject, and yeah, uh, it's it's clearly just Mr. LaCroix. Um, at that, I stand up, and I grab a, um, a card uh, and a... Uh, a little sheet of a little card paper card mm -hmm. and a um a quill and i write uh i write my name on it well i, I don't uh have time right now for any light reading um but you bet I'll, I'll take a swing by pretty soon to uh take another look yes and i i place that card onto um onto his paper and say how about you go ahead and add Add any other research materials that you think I might take a shine into, uh, to my pile. Yes, yes, yes. Right away, sir. Uh, it was nice meeting you, Mr. Tibbs. Please come by, um, at any time. Mm. Uh, you have a, you have a good day, sir. And, uh, he kind of gives a, a short little quick light bow, and he takes your card, and he turns to the shelves and starts perusing through some of the books. The toad sits on the desk and kind of stares at you as you leave. I, I, I don't quite leave yet. Okay. Um, as he, he turns, as he's starting to turn, Billy is going to, um, he, he's, he says, Now, just one moment there, uh, friend. Uh, we, we've just made, made acquaintance, and I, I, don't, I don't think it's uh, quite right to uh, make a new acquaintance without a quick handshake of friendship. Um, and I, I stick out my hand, and I'm going to roll an intimidation check. Okay. He is gonna. I'm trying to intimidate him with my uh, forced, uh, my overt 
um, politeness, if that makes sure. sense. Sure, sure, sure. So he has rolled a wisdom check. Uh, 17. All right, so he looks and he's like, of course, how rude of me. My customs might be slightly different from your own, but I apologize. Um, mm. And he looks at your hand and he kind of looks at your glove. Like he's inspecting to see like how dirty it might be. <laughs> oh. And But he reaches out and he shakes it and he's like, it was a pleasure meeting you. Pleasure meeting you too, sir. And he turns and uh, and walks walks out. Um, and as he does, he sort of curses to himself that he had forgotten that he was wearing gloves <laughs> and uh, was was hoping to see his reaction to uh, grabbing his his bare hand. Man, we ha- I had told you that I was wearing gloves. Uh, so, yeah, that, yeah, dang. they're one of the magic items that I gave you. Uh, OK. Oh, speaking of magic uh, items, um, just to let you know, your spurs are still jingling. Oh, OK. Oh, which means you get an extra thing to intimidation rolls. But it's too late. Oh, how much? Uh, well, yeah, it's too late. <laughs> I think it was just like a plus two to intimidation or something while they're jingling. So I've just walked out of the uh, I've just walked out of the thing and I'm heading back to the just the main street. Yeah, so you're walking through the general store. You walk out of the general store. Uh, Delilah says, good luck out there, Mr. Tibbs. Uh, wait, what was her? Look out there, Mr. Tibbs. Please stay safe. I'd hate for... For some, for some blue arm or something to pop up tomorrow. Well, at least this time you'll know precisely who's who it belongs to. <laughs> oh, Mr. Tibbs. <laughs> oh, Mrs. Delilah. And he tips his hat. Oh, it's it's Ms. Delilah. <laughs> <laughs> um, so you step outside uh, into the hot afternoon sun. Roll me a constitution check real quick. Oh, interesting. Okay. Um... Ooh, okay. Uh, that would be a 16. Okay, cool. Um, yeah, it's, it's a little hot, but you're fine. Um, a little sweatier than you usually are. Okay. All right, so you have gone to the library slash general store. You've gone to the sheriff's office. You've kind of gotten to the inn and saloon a little bit. Uh, it's mid-afternoon. People are kind of walking around, going to different shops, doing their day. You see a couple of your old, uh, of your traveling buddies. Where to next? So just hmm. just so the listener knows, I have provided a map to Ty, which he can feel free to tweet out, but it's just a hand-drawn map. But uh, so where do you want to go next? Hmm. I am wondering right now. Um, so I'm looking at I'm looking at a tailor. I'm looking. You know what? I think I'm going to go to the tailor. OK, I was going to list them all, but I think that's where I want to go. OK, so right next door is the tailor. The tailor's shop is a smaller building, but has an elaborate exterior. The walls are painted a deep red, and there's a lot of, like, very precise detailing in the carpentry. When you enter the store, a small bell chimes. The interior is just as elaborately decorated as you would have guessed from the outside. There are thick rugs on the floor, and mannequins in fine suits and dresses line the walls. The tailor, a kindly-looking human, stands behind the counter. He has a tape measure around his neck and a nice shirt, vest, and trousers. He greets you with a smile and says, Yes, how, how can I help you today, sir? Well, howdy there, friend. The name's Billy Tibbs, but you can call me Blue. All my friends do, on account of my blue skin. Uh, yes, hi, uh, my name is Stanley. Please, you can call me Stanley, or, uh, Stanley. Um, that is such an interesting <laughs> complexion. Uh, are you looking for a nice suit or something to wear that will match your skin? Well, friend, um, not, not quite, uh, I'm not quite in the market, as you can tell. 
um, I doff my my duster and you can see like my jacket and my pants are very finely made, but also very well worn and very like not well kept up. So like they used to be expensive at some point. He, he looks and says, hmm. Mm, yes, yeah, so, uh, patches, then. Repairs? Hmm. Uh, perhaps, uh, perhaps tomorrow, uh, or for today at least, uh, these are the only clothes that I've got on me, so I'd rather not walk around, uh, walk around in my, just my britches. Uh, um, yes, that's fair. But, uh, Mr. Stanley, I, I just had a couple of quick questions, um, if you, if you don't mind, if you're not too busy. No, no, of course, would uh, you care to take a seat would you like some coffee tea water oh thank you kindly but i, I just had myself uh, my daily uh, daily tea just a moment ago you see i i, I go ahead and uh, sit down where he's offered it's a very nice like plush armchair oh uh very finely upholstered he kind of looks like he's nervous about you sitting in it and you're like dusty clothes but it's fine <laughs> mm-hmm um I would say I'd say more my duster is the more the dusty one. And I'm not wearing that right now. I took it off. Gotcha. Gotcha. So you see a friend, uh, Sheriff John. Uh, um, I assume that you're familiar with him. Um, he has asked me to check out some uh, check out these werewolf rumors. And well, uh, as you might be aware, turning into a werewolf uh, involves some changing of the bodily proportions. So I was just wondering if you have had any uh, folks around here who have had uh, regular needs for uh, patches and new clothes around, um, you know, the full moon. Hmm. Sorry, I'm just thinking as to... Trying to decide whether... Yeah, it's like, huh, would he have this? Yeah. Um, hmm. This is a very nice detective work, though, right? This is good detective work. Uh, no, but my my place is more of the, um, the fine clothing. Uh, most towns folk can get their normal everyday clothes from the, uh, the general store where they sell, you know, off-the-rack clothing. Ah. Uh. My place is more for your fine suits and dresses, and uh, sadly there's not much call for that in Brotherly, but we keep the doors open with the travelers, which is... Why it's such a shame that so many have gone missing. It, it really is. I've, I get to, you see, I get to know my clients. Um, mm. I, with, with that, uh, I, I sit up very straight and just sort of adjust my, uh, my torn and ratty, um, formerly nice shirt. And I say, well, as you can see, I'm a man of, uh, of class myself. <laughs> I can appreciate, uh, a, I can appreciate, uh, so, uh, someone that, uh, cares for the craft and, and provides the finer things to folks. If you don't mind me asking, how are you able to sustain yourself in a town where where folks don't particularly like that? Well, like I said, um, the uh, travelers who come in uh, give me a good bit of business. Mm. Um, there's often several balls places. I don't know. I was just going to bullshit something, but I don't know if I really want to make that. No, I'm going to make that decision. Sorry. Um, you see, up okay. in the Brothers, there are several well-known balls and uh, feasts that happen mm. occasionally. So people come down to Brotherly um, and get their fine clothing before they go up to the Brothers. Now, um, Makes sense. And I do sell things at, I will say, a high price, but 
I do find work, so you know it's all about it's all about showing pride in your work. I raise my eyebrows and and give him a, a wry smile and say, "Well, and you're the only fellow around who can provide such services. I'm sure that probably helps things out a little bit." Yes, that doesn't hurt either. Uh, luckily, it's harder for the um, cloth merchants to get up to the brothers than it is for them to get down to brotherly. So. Uh, there's not as many mm. options up and where the balls are happening either, so... Fair, fair. I do well. I do well, and I'm also a shrewd businessman, so... You know, it all comes to how well can you pinch those pennies. I, I really actually very much like the idea that the brothers are this uh, place where, like, once a year, folks just, like, come up from all around and we'll go to this like very fancy thing that is happening in this very remote location that is like very hard to get to. I, I dig that. Good, good. I'm glad. Nice, nice, nice uh, cultural flavor. I'm definitely going to steal that for future arcs. So Stanley looks at you and he's like, no, I feel, as I said, I get to know my clients and I feel like I must stand up for one of them now. Oh, yes, sir. You didn't hear this from me. Uh, Taylor must have his integrity, mm -hmm. of course. Of course. But rumors have it that the sheriff is fingering Mr. Tomlin LaCroix for this. I must deny such baseless accusations. Yes, he has been here, but how could it have been him when him and his wife arrived here a month after the first killing? Mm. Plus, Mr. Tomlin brought, bought his wife such a nice dress. Werewolves don't have such fine taste in clothing. They're savages. They go out there and eat people. Mm. Please, Mr. Tomlin... He's down on his luck these days. It would do well to not bother him. And that is all I will say on the matter. Well, uh, I, I appreciate, I appreciate your input, Mr. Stanley. Uh, I've, uh, I've, I've always said that a, a tailor is a man of, of highest, uh, standing and social fortitude. So, uh, I'll take your words into, uh, high I'll take your words into uh, high account when I'm, I'm making my next plans. Uh, if you don't mind me asking, is there anybody around that you do suspect? I'm not sure, sir. I honestly think that it could just be a feral dog. Mm. Um, honestly, if you want to talk to someone about dogs, I know that the brothers up in the, uh, the temple have recently purchased a couple for hunting purposes, so it might not, not be a bad idea to ask them about it. Well, I... But, 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 but you didn't hear that from me, of course. The integrity and whatnot. Of course, the... The integrity of a tailor will not be tarnished. Not by... Not from my mouth, at least. I appreciate it, sir. Yes, sir. Uh, with that, I, I stand up. I adjust my fine clothing. Uh, throw on my duster, which releases a cloud of uh, dirt around <laughs> the room. And um, <laughs> then turn and... Uh, well, tip my head, um, turn and, and walk out. Just come on back if you uh, you decide that you need some finer clothing for maybe a ball, perhaps. I can throw in a uh, a cravat for free, perhaps. Oh, I'd appreciate that very much. And uh, and with that, I, I head outside, and uh, I look around, and then I'm, I'm probably going to head straight over to the uh, the temple. I was, I was going to head that way anyway, um, but uh, but with his prompting, it's uh, I'm probably going to take a little bit more... A little bit more fleet of foot. Okay, cool. Um, roll me a constitution check. Okay, interesting. Um, I just realized something that I should have realized earlier. Um, 17. 17? All right, cool. Yep. So you, uh, you walk on down. Um, 
so <clears throat> you get to the temple. Uh, it's about you know three or four in the afternoon at this point when you get there. Mm-hmm. Taking a left at the crossroads brings you up a hill overlooking the town. On the top of the hill is a large stone temple. While it clearly used to be a very grand sight, the temple is starting to show signs of decay. Stained glass windows telling the stories of Lumen's battle against Nox and the miracles the light god gave to the people have become dirty. Vines and weeds are growing over the stones that mark the path up to the entrance. To the side, there looks to be a relatively new building, a simple wooden structure with a metal fence. Inside are two large mastiffs. Um... <laughs> He's jealous. Yeah, that's the sound of the mastiffs. Yeah. My my vicious hunting dog has, has provided us with some uh, got foley work. Yeah, nice. Uh, so I'm going to um, just sort of meander my way down uh, and, and walk up. I probably, um, I, I, as, I, as I approach, I probably do um, my poor imitation and remembrance of uh, what Lumen's, like, Lumen's version of Sign of the Cross is, um, just as I look at the building. You know, just barely... I imagine it's, like, a circle. Yeah, like... I don't know why. Like like a sun or a moon or something like that. We, we've we specified before what it is, but uh, Tibbs does not actually remember, even though he thinks he does. So he does, like, does, sort of holds his hand out in front of his chest and just kind of goes, waggles his fingers. Gotcha. Uh, thinking that that's what it is. All right, so you do you go inside? Uh, yeah. Once I, I probably pause outside for just a moment and then uh, then head in. Okay. Um. So when you assuming the doors are yeah, open. Yeah. So you creak open the large wooden doors. Inside the temple, there are uh, dozens of dusty pews uh, sitting facing a large, immaculately clean altar area. At the back of the altar is a large shelf that looks to be holding several t- books of some sort. There's a door on the right side of the building that you can assume leads towards living areas for the priest. On one of the pews is a large man. Um, it's kind of hard to tell his build, build because he's wearing like priest robes. Mm-hmm. He is bald and he is eating just a simple sandwich. Um, roll me a religion check. Sure. Man, my my rolls are killing it. Yeah, your rolls are very good lately. Yeah. Uh, so I have a minus one for religion, but I still got an 18. Okay, um, there's something strange about the altar. You've, you've been in a few looming churches, and most of them don't have bookshelves on the back of them. Oh, interesting. It's, it's very similar to... Um, in early Christianity in America, churches were all pretty much built the same way. It's the same here. Like, churches of Lumen generally have very similar setups, and mm-hmm. very rarely do they have bookshelves in the back of altars. Yeah. Roll me a perception check as well. All right. Oh, here we go. Here's those bad rolls. Um, nine. Okay. Uh, yeah. That's all you noticed. When you walk in, the pr- uh, the priest sitting in one of the pews looks up and he's like, Oh, what's a voice I haven't used? Oh, damn it. I'm, I meant to use a different voice for the tailor, and I've used my priest voice for the tailor. <laughs> but, the, but the tailor voice does not work for the priest. Oh, okay. Mm. Oh, yes. Weary traveler come to seek Lumen's light. 
Uh, how can I help you, sir? Would you have you come to pray? Have you come to uh, perhaps confess any sins against our Lord of Light? Have you come to just sit and bask in Lumen's grandeur? Uh, how how may I help you? My name is uh, Lord. Wait, which one is this? Zebediah. Uh, how may I help you today? Lord Zebediah. How to how to friend? The name's uh, Billy Blue Tibbs. I was coming into town on the instructions of uh, one Sheriff John McDaniels, perhaps you're friends with him, and I figured I would uh, hop on by the, the church to uh, pay my respects to the uh, local uh, local deities and, and clergy and whatnot before uh, making my way around town. Uh, yes, well, um, I, I must say, uh, the town and the Church of Lumen are no longer... As closely connected as we used to be, unfortunately. Hmm. Um, but it, it was my understanding that uh, I, I, I had heard that Lumen didn't even have any uh, any torches in the night, um, this far out away from uh, away from the, the fields and plains anymore. I was a little surprised when I heard that you were situated out here. Well, yes, Mister Tibbs. Someone must carry the torch against the darkness. And that is us, me and my brother, uh, Zachariah. He is, he's traveling, uh, down to, to Cirque to see if we can get some more resources from the central church there. But, um, unfortunately our prayers have not been answered that route lately, but, uh, we must persist. Someone has to hold back the dark of night, as it were. Uh, might I, might I make you some tea? Uh, I would happily take, take a little bit of tea, sir. Um, and I'll have you know that, uh, I, I think that we're a bit of, uh, colleagues on that front, uh, holding back the, uh, the, the darkness of the night, as it were. You, you may be aware, you may have heard of some rumors of some sort of, uh, uh, crit, uh, some sort of critter, uh, causing some problems for folks around these parts. Hmm, I, I have, I have heard the rumors, uh... Stay here. I will be right back with your ch- beverage, um, and we can really sit down and discuss the uh, the matters of the light and the dark. So when when I when I said that, by the way, um, I was looking to see how he reacted. Um, so I'd like to roll an insight check, uh, if that's all right. Yeah, roll an insight check, and I'm gonna roll an insight uh, check as well, just to get an idea as to whether or not you notice anything. Fuck. Um. Seven. You, you don't notice anything. Okay. He 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 is just kind of looking and like nodding and just yes yes. Predators okay. of the night yes of course. Um so he walks over to the door on the right side that I said probably leads towards their living area. He pulls out a key. He uh, opens it. He walks through and he goes to get your tea. Um are you gonna try anything while you are waiting for him to get back with your tea? Um are the are the books like. Do I have to walk onto the altar to get a good look at the books? Uh, you can walk. Okay, so imagine a church and like where you would go to get communion. You could walk up to like that part and probably see what the books are. Okay, um, I'm going to probably stand up and uh, take a look at the books. I- I'm trying not to. I, I don't want to disrespect the church by going onto the altar. Sure. But I'm trying to get a look to see, you know, are there any, are they, like, new? Do they look like they're being used or are they covered with dust? Are there any that, um, uh, any interesting titles? Uh, like, what, 
that sort of stuff. Um, see if I can tell what he's been reading about and what he has. Oh, roll me an investigation check. Uh, at a disadvantage since you're not right up on it. If that if that's Damn fair, it. if you think that's fair. Yeah, that that's that's totally fair because I'm very specifically not. I, I'm reducing the risk to myself. Sure. So yeah, by not uh being caught. Yes. What you get? I got a, I got a twenty-one and a twenty. Bah, 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 bah. Bah, bah, bah. All right. So um the books themselves. Non-natural. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Of course. Yeah. The books themselves, they're standard holy texts. Okay. There are some that are like like books of rituals, um, books of that outline spells, standard books that you would find in a church. It's just the look. They all they all seem in the line with Lumen, yeah. not with any other general religions. Correct. OK. Um, the interesting thing is the there's scuffing at the bottom of the bookshelf as if the bookshelf mm. is moved often. OK. And you hear the door open back up and go, oh, Mr. Tibbs, are you interested in the work of Lumen? Why, yes, there, sir. Uh, I I'm find myself interested in all sorts of different uh, uh, deities and, and pantheons and that sort of stuff. Well, I find when I go down to Cirque, I'd like to take a take a spin down to the Congress Monastery and, at their discretion, take a look at some of their libraries and such. Do you mind, sir, if I if I step up onto the altar and and see what sort of things you guys have uh, around here? Well, you folks have around here. Well, Mr. Tibbs, if you don't mind, I don't want to offend. I I would, if you would like to read some books, I can grab them for you. This is just areas generally for mm. us us men of the cloth. Uh, here is your tea, by the way. Thank you kindly. And he passes you a cup, and it's kind of like a chipped cup on a saucer. Mm. But it's it's like nice, but you can tell that it's old. Yeah. Uh, so I probably um, I, I I I nod to him uh, while he's describing like why he was wanted me up there and said, of course. Uh, while I find while I do like to think of myself as um, a lawful man, as a man supporting the the rights of uh, supporting the good for folks, um, I understand that that doesn't necessarily make me a holy man. So. Uh, Go ahead. If, there, if there's a one or two books up there that you think I might find particularly interested, uh, interesting, I'd love to take a look at them. Oh yes, of course. And he he goes up to the altar. He's kind of looking through the bookshelf. Do you? Um, are you drinking the? While he's while he's doing that, I, I take a sniff of the tea. Um, does it? Do I notice anything? Like roll me a perception check, I guess. Fuck. Uh, seven. You don't notice anything. I go ahead and uh, and start sipping on it. Okay, cool. Um, so he's grabbing a few books and um, roll uh, roll me a perception check and then a constitution check. Okay. Um, perception. I got a nineteen. Okay, so you notice that as he's kind of looking, he's kind of like looking back at you as well. You also notice a centipede crawling along the wall, a black centipede, and roll me that constitution check with disadvantage. All right. Well, I did very bad the first time, and I did slightly better the, la the next time, but I'll take that bad one. Uh, ten. You get super drowsy. Mr. Tibbs, are you are you okay? Here, please, let me take that from you before you drop it. And he 
takes the china and moves it, like just kind of puts it up on the altar and he's like please come come sir this mm. way this way mm. okay sir um yeah all right he looks at the centipede like you're kind of floopy you're kind of losing it he it looks like he looks at the centipede and says bring him then you go black oh my gosh oh my gosh um okay wait do you do you think that this is like a halfway point or do you think we're, we're more than halfway i think we're more than halfway okay because there's just one last thing to do um, okay. and that's that's um, kill Billy Blue. <laughs> but um but yeah, we're gonna cut right there, Ty. So uh how do you wanna do it? I, I think we're gonna um I don't know, man. I think we're gonna uh, pitter patter on out of here. Pitter patter, pitter patter, pitter patter, pitter patter, pitter patter, pitter to the joy drops for the use of not drunk as our intro and outro music find them at thejoydrops.com you can find us at sidecharacterquest.com at scq podcast on twitter or by email at sidecharacterquest at gmail.com the scavengers network creator driven community focused treasured content like making fun of really, really bad ghost hunting shows? There's one in particular we enjoy making fun of. It's called Ghost Adventures, and it includes things such as... Bad fashion sense. Grown men yelling at nothing. Outrageously large belt buckles. Too much hair gel. And unfortunately, a lot of really cringy, painful, and socially unaware stuff, too. I'm Cassie. And I'm Max. We're the hosts of Insanely Haunted, the show where we watch and review every episode of Ghost Adventures. Find Insanely Haunted for free wherever you get your podcasts. This is going to get cut and put in the bloopers. Oh, yeah, Ty. So I sent you that. Uh, I sent you that map of brotherly. I by no means expect you to go to every single one of these. Like, so important. The way I figure we're going to split it up. And I don't really feel the need to have this in the main recording. Um, yeah. So there are in this scenario. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten places that you can go to. Okay. I expect you to go to six. Okay. Maximum. Um, okay. Because the way I'm going to do it is basically there's going to be morning, afternoon, evening. Mm-hmm. Um, and every two locations will fill a chunk. Does okay. that make sense? Yeah, yeah that so makes like, perfect sense. And that's not going to count like your first like your first interaction won't count towards that because you're getting in here er- really early in the morning, but we'll, okay. we'll get into that. Uh, you ready? You, you in a good spot? <sighs> okay, okay. 
You, you uh, with the I, feel, I feel I feel so weird because I keep I keep realizing that I don't have anything anything prepared and I'm like oh shit oh shit oh shit we're about to start recording I need I don't have anything prepared and then oh yeah I don't need to hey Ty just <sighs> just chill daddy Eli's yeah. got this shit okay okay daddy All Eli right. I can't say that again uh, call me Papa Eli sorry Papa mm, Eli I, it's okay. it's less sexual and more <laughs> more friendly I don't um okay <laughs> um all right once a year um folks just like come up from all around and we'll go to this like very fancy thing that is happening in this very remote location that is like very hard to get to i i dig that good um good. i'm glad nice 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 uh cultural flavor it, i'm it, definitely it came going to, to steal me because that for future arcs. it came to me because i'm midway through the third book in the mistborn trilogy and balls are a big <laughs> <laughs> they are, yeah. Um, uh, as are as is um, eating silver. Well, no, not silver. Silver is a non oh. non alimantic metal. I just got to where they introduced silver oh. and talked about how it's perfectly useless for unless you just spoiled something for me, Ty. Thanks. Thanks. I don't think I did. I just I meant more along the lines of uh, spoil of uh, eating metal. Yeah, I, I forgot which. I don't remember which metals are alimantic. I know tin and stuff. Tin. Um, anyway. Yeah, hey, we can get through, get through that later. Um, all right, so yep. um, we can go through another another story's uh, magic system later, you know, off podcast. Yeah, exactly. 